0: What's Swinging Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Steel Mace Nation podcast. My name is Fred Moore. Today, my guest is Ian Palmer. He is a firefighter in Ridge Palmer, um, and he's also the um, purveyor of Thin Line Fit, Thin Line Fitness, ThinLineFit.com, which is a firefighter specific fitness and training website um he's really honed in on firefighter fitness and that's definitely something i'm interested in myself uh ian welcome to the show how are you today? doing good man
1: doing good how are you
0: really good really good we've been um talking back and forth on dms now for a little bit and trying to line this up so Uh, Anytime I get an opportunity to speak with a firefighter who's into fitness as much as you are and looking to, you know, spread it to the other guys and, and the gals who are on, on the line, um, anybody first responders, we got to get in shape. Um, I think, you know, this is an important conversation to have and it's important for guys to check it out. So Ian, give us quick background. Uh, you know about your fitness um your coaching and then how you started thin thin line fit and um what you want to do with it and how it's how it's uh, going so far
1: yeah yeah so uh, like i said ian palmer uh owner of thin line fitness i'm a fireman at ridge culver uh in irondequoit new york we're right on the north border of the city of rochester if that makes it easier for anybody
0: yeah so you're way up there and you you said near iron decoyt
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it, it's a confusing name for people, uh yeah. Rondicoy. Um a, a lot of a lot of towns uh in western upstate New York are named after Indian tribes that used to be there. Mm-hmm. Um you know, you get towards Buffalo, you get Lackawanna, and you know, there there's like 30 different town names that are just Native American based. Uh Rondicoy is uh, I believe it's land by the lake is what it translates to it's it's on it's on the town flag uh it's, it's a beautiful town really but uh where, where we were just kind of getting a little bit more you know Detroitish, not too bad but um you know a lot, lot less tax base coming in so it's going to be interesting in the, in the coming 20 years or so
0: I I was just going to ask so Detroit went through a real serious problem uh back in 2007-2008 when we had the financial collapse I mean, the stories that were coming out of there about those guys fighting fires every shift, multiple fires, not enough manpower, rigs breaking down, holding the whole thing together by themselves with bubble gum and duct tape, and no guarantees that they're even going to get paid or anything like that. And, you know, I said it right there. Guys who take the job, they take the job because they love fighting fires. They love helping people. They love helping people, and they're there to get action they like they like the action and they like getting into the shit and that's why they're doing otherwise they would have all friggin left and went somewhere else um so yeah very important to be fit right when you you want to get into action right so yeah what what uh how how did you get into fitness
1: so my journey started back when i was uh 17 almost 18 uh my my uncle was the man that kind of held the family together he was the glue um he died of an early age uh 40. uh you know cardiac event um didn't take care of himself he was you know the one of the best men i ever knew but you know he he left early because of medical reasons and not taking care of himself so at that time i was you know 270 pounds you know and five foot seven you know i was i was strong as hell And I lift a lot of weight, but obviously that was too much weight. And you know, I had the uh, the typical high school football player dream of you know going to college, playing football, all that crap. And I had done a few visits to some D three schools, but I realized, especially after that, that I didn't really want to wear a suit for a job. And ended up going to community college. And uh, within a year, I lost one hundred and twenty pounds. How'd you do Um, that? That, that was the, believe it or not, that was probably the most unhealthy in my life I've been. Um, I, I would couple it with, you know, not knowing anything about nutrition and thinking the best way to lose weight is to not eat a lot and run a lot. And I like, I, I lost 120, 120 pounds. Is the only, it worked. But the fact that it was done so drastically and so unhealthy, you know, when i went to go see my doctor he was legitimately concerned and he's like well you know you may have developed diabetes because of this
0: oh no um, kidding
1: yeah because you
0: lost the weight too fast
1: yeah you, you you put your going so fast you put your body into a i guess it's like an insulin shock type thing
0: because the and fat I, is melting and it's converting to glucose and yeah. you're and it's high in your blood you're you're spiking your yeah. yeah okay
1: and he, he was legitimately concerned. You know, I did blood work I think three times just to make sure nothing was wrong. It was okay, luckily. Um, everything's still going great. Yeah. But, um, you know, after, after college, uh, joined the Air Force and with with the military, you learn a lot about fitness. You know, basic training is great. Um, you know, you push yourself a little bit, but the, the real experience and the real learning if you want it, comes when you're deployed. Uh, my first deployment, I learned a lot of what not to do, what, what to do. Really watched people, saw how they did things. I'm you know, watching some people. I'm thinking, I'm like, how is that not hurting them? But then I wouldn't see that person in the gym for another week or two. So I'm like, oh, all right. And uh, come my second deployment, I, I really... Wanted to learn as much as I possibly could and started really getting into the books reading up on you know scholarly articles. And uh, decided to pursue my personal training uh, certification so came back with that plan took the test gr- did great on it and probably a month after getting my search started Thinline Line
0: fitness. Nice now um. Th- th- talk about the name uh, because uh, some of my audience doesn't know the fire service lingo or the first responder yeah. lingo
1: yeah so uh, thin line fitness I, I, I gear it towards all first responders all the all the th- people that you know guard the thin line whether it's thin red line for firefighters thin blue line for cops thin green line for military thin white line for EMS um, I've even helped some dispatchers which I believe is yellow line Um yes. But uh so I, I I gear it towards all first responders because you know pe- yes you know cardiac events are a significant killer for firefighters. Uh, I think last year I did the math. I read every single write up from NIOSH and I believe it was sixty-seven percent. Don't quote me by I, I believe it was sixty-seven or sixty-four percent. So the numbers going up. Yeah. So last year we had the least amount of line of duty deaths in I think 12 years and it was also quite a it was it was about the same number as cardiac related as it was last year okay so that number stayed the same but the percentage
0: went up okay um, so so that means we're talking about the percentage going up meaning there's more individuals experiencing cardiac events per correct correct Okay, um, it, but, but this you, is line of duty now, right?
1: Yes, yes. Line, yeah, and so, I, you
0: know. yeah, I just want to point out that, you know, when we're always talking about line of duty. That means um, you come to work, you, you, you clock in or whatever you want to call it. You're there, and then yeah. you come off shift. That's now you're not on duty anymore. So the yeah, death what's, occurring.
1: What, what's interesting with a lot of them is uh, I believe now they're covered for 24 hours after shift.
0: Yes, right. Because uh, a lot of the uh, cardiac events start when they're leaving, and they continue, and they just progress. So, yeah. but you, you got to take a sidestep here and think, okay, um, well, after that, they're not on duty anymore, but you could still have a heart attack.
1: Absolutely, <laughs> and especially if you know, if you know, my, my the shift we work, we've got to span with five days off and seven days off, and at any one of those points you can suffer a heart attack just as much as you could at work. Right. Um, But, you know, a a lot of people don't realize that cops still have heart attacks, you know, whether it's on the job or, you know, an hour after they get home. Uh, It's very prevalent in the ambulance community as well as the dispatcher community as well. So my ultimate goal is to be part of the select few that are helping with dwindling and shrinking that number um so it's, it's a super hefty goal um i've got a long time left in this career so i'm gonna i'm spending every day trying to do it whether it's helping people or giving free workout plans if they need them you know i'm, I'm always here to help uh but i i definitely want to be part of the reason these numbers shrink because it's, it's unacceptable for people to have the job of a lifetime just to you know 10 years later get home and die on the couch because you've you know your cortisol levels
0: are too high and you're not fit right talk about that for uh, a, a second about what you're saying with the cortisol levels so when it,
1: it's super prevalent in police too um, if, if you read any of the the reports um, when, when our adrenaline spikes you know th- think I don't know how your station is but our fire station used to have this alarm that would just you know it would hit you like a ton of bricks you really? know I I looked at my heart rate once. I went from resting or sleeping at 50-ish. That alarm hit, and we were in the truck. I looked, and I was at, like, 160. And you got to think, what that? what's that doing? Then if that alarm hits and you're going to a fire, your heart rate is spiked. And you're spiked and spiked and spiked. Then all of a sudden, you're done. You get home. You start to relax. And your body is not quite used to that. And it, it won't be unless you obviously train for it um so what's happening is a lot of these guys are getting home from traumatic events or super hard working events take a nap on their couch and unfortunately you know wife and kid come home and you know see them
0: croaked out so th- they come home with these elevated cortisol levels they they're tired they lay down but their body has like almost a a hard swing going the other direction. They're starting to wind down, but those cortisol levels are so jacked up. The swing going the other way causes the the cardiac event to occur for some reason.
1: For yeah, it's 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 a it's one of the major players. Um obviously, you know there there's multiple reasons that could cause a cardiac event, whether it's just unfortunately genetics. Um you know, there's some people that It'd be the healthiest person in the world run 10 miles a day and eat super healthy but they can because of genetics they just can't beat it okay. um there's a super super nice study out of uh, indiana university back in i want to say 2015 or 2016 where they uh placed heart rate monitors on firemen at a busy company and within this study they found that their heart rate was at or above their maximum heart rate for at least an hour so you think what your maximum heart rate is when you're working out whether it's 120 160 and your your heart's doing that for an hour yeah that is insane that's an insane amount of work for that muscle yeah so if if you're if you're not fit if you're not ready for it you know there's guys that unfortunately don't take fitness seriously so you think you know, Joe firefighter who isn't used to this, and they might go to you know one or two fires a year, and they're not used to it. And that's going to wreak
0: havoc on them. Yeah, and especially you know when you have weather conditions super hot out or very well, cold out, yeah, the the it taxes your body a lot. And I I, I like talking about this stuff as firefighters because I don't think we share what makes us vulnerable enough there's too much bravado there's too much tough guy talk um when it's super hot out guys just don't buy water i'm all right i'm all right um but this this is this is part of the problem if we could talk about this stuff like hey we're just humans we have other shit going on in our lives things stressing us out whatever here we are we're at work getting our asses kicked Let's talk about that because yep. we start accepting that we're just, you know, flesh and bone. That's going to help us get over that little hump. Talk about, and like you, you pointed out, when a, whenever the bell goes off, um, that's, that's Pavlov's dog right there, Pavlov's yep. response. You know, especially when you're a young firefighter, you first get on a job, every time there's a bell, it's the big one. And you're just like jacked. You start conditioning yourself right there. And then, as the years go by, it's totally true. I, you know, now I'm at seventeen years on the job, and every time a bell comes in, it's loud, the dispatcher's voice is loud, and you you feel you feel yourself get elevated. Your body is getting ready to go to battle yeah, okay this exactly. is not This is not like the phone ringing and somebody's ordering another pizza. Uh, oh, we got to get the pizza out. this is we're headed out the door three o'clock in the morning into some shit we don't even know, but then it turns out it's a bell for downtown. You don't even have to go. And it was just for a water leak somewhere. Yeah. Exactly. And now you're laying there in, the, in your rack, in your cot, trying to fall back to sleep. And you can feel your heart rate going like 10 or 15 beats mm-hmm. extra. And guys got to talk about this. You know, I, I I know some guys are chill. They're relaxed, but not everybody.
1: Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's one of those things that it's, it kind of swings into the – the way the culture and the fire service has been going with it's all right to talk about you know your mental health situation right you know, a lot of a lot of the old timers and even some of the new guys are like ah pff, i'm not i'm not some pussy, i'm not weak i'm not you know whatever but you know in reality it's okay to talk about yeah your mental health it's okay to come to someone and say hey can you help me get fit it's happened to me at work with five different guys you know, you look at them and you know, in front of the group they're oh yeah, I'm not doing that. Screw that, I'm not doing this. But then two days later they come up and they say, Hey, can you uh kill me up? Like nice and yeah. quiet about it. Right. And and it's it's one of those things where I, I I don't understand. I really don't where these guys badass, they've been doing it for twenty, twenty five years, even longer. Not scared of shit, but for some reason, the room with the pads and the weights and the dumbbells scares the shit out of them. Yeah, and it's it's one of the best things that you, in any profession, can do because not only is it good for that, but it's great for your mental health. But yeah, and with the there oh, you can go.
0: Uh, oh, sorry. Um, I just wanted to point out too. You, you, you. We started talking about cardiovascular events, so we're talking like extreme like you're dying and everything but let's just scale it back a little bit let's not get so dramatic yet um, just living injury free just your knee doesn't oh. bother you um, if you don't work out you're gonna d- develop muscle imbalances and then those muscle imbalances are gonna lead to pain and stiffness and soreness lethargy sitting around all the time poor just you know starting to feel down on yourself because you're not moving you're not you're not releasing those those feel good hormones that we release when we exercise and that prevents guys from getting into the gym because, ah, my back hurts, my knee hurts. But the idea here is, in order to get into fitness, is you start small, take exactly. little nibbles, and you work your way up. Get those muscle imbalances fixed. And so if you had somebody, a guy on the job 15 years, he used to, he used to play football when he was young, he used to play sports. He can't, you could tell he's missing it. He's missing the, the feeling of a work, good workout, but he's like how I just illustrated, a little banged up and doesn't know what to do with himself. How do you start somebody off in that, in that mindset, in that physical setup?
1: Yeah, so that's um, super glad you hit on that too because it's one of those things where, you know, 15-year firefighter say, you know, they, they, they need something, they want something, they've even asked when you tell them the obvious solution of start working out, there's usually been two two option or two uh, two issues. It's either, okay, well, the fire department's not going to cover me, whether if, if I get hurt. Right. Bullshit. It's in every single job description of a firefighter, whether you're a career or volunteer firefighter, must be fit. On the application, it says, must be able to lift X amount of weight, Or straight-up says must be physically fit so yes you're gonna be covered you know if if your department's super weary about it fill out a training form then it's oh well I've seen what you do for workouts I'm nowhere near that cool all right I'll take an hour out of my day and I'll train you I'll take the time to start you off slow like you said build them up with uh with, with my the peer fitness training certification through the IFF super amazing course um, and they dive really deep into the assessments of people and I'm not going to assess you the same way I'm going to assess Joe firefighter that hasn't done anything for 15 years um, you know I might tell him all right can you walk half a mile let's take your heart rate before and after how many times can you do push-up whether it's on your knees or a regular push-up can you push this amount of weight can you pull this amount of weight start them slow keep track of everything the time heart rate everything work with them if they're serious about it work with them get them into it stay with them even if it's just every shift if they're not coming in during their off time even if they're doing that eight to ten times a month they will see a difference you will see a difference they're gonna feel better um the the on the job injuries too it's uh it's one of those things where how to prevent it is another obvious thing and if people are listening that are trying to create a program um i i recently did it for our department because we we had no fitness program in place and i worked for it's been about a year and a half now creating this and it's it's been approved and we're starting off but the the key is is to really outline if you got to sell it how many guys have been on injured rate lately what those injuries were the cost of those injuries and overtime medical bills if they got you know they got that but it's one of those things where it it helps the firefighter it helps the shift it helps the department and it helps the community there is no reason any fire department should not say you know what let's get this program rolling it benefits everybody and it doesn't do a damn thing if it doesn't get going um, but yeah it's uh it's, it's one of those things where if, if if you need to get the firefighter going you have to be persistent um, I, I've, I've, I've tried it and there's always gonna be those few that they're reluctant you know they got a year before they retire they want to you know turn into veal I I don't know
0: but um yeah I feel like sometimes guys bust their ass especially in the beginning of their career they're new guys you know um and then they feel like they get into a solid area you know they got seniority on the job they know what they're doing they could they could teach guys that are new so they find a station in life where they feel accomplished and they look back on a lot of hard work. They busted their asses. They did everything they were supposed to do. And now they're kind of just like, I just want to chill and relax and just enjoy my life. Um, yeah. And they they start to dial in enjoyment in the form of eating whatever I want, staying up and having some drinks. And it's always it always seems like enjoyment has to be the stuff that's bad for you. And Mm. I mean, I don't have a problem with somebody saying, I want to enjoy my life. Yes, we all do. But why do we always have to equate enjoyment to three, three uh, glasses of scotch and a cigar instead of maybe one and a tiny cigar or um, a whole pizza instead of one slice and and a a nice salad. Or, you know what I mean? Like it has to be, this like almost going off the rails mentality um that's how so do you ever deal with that mindset and and is there any tricks i don't want to say tricks um any ways you could tackle it where you could reframe that for people and and show them that enjoyment could be other things like living an extra 10 years or 15 years and playing with your grandkids that kind of stuff but something that they feel like they could sink their teeth into right away you know what i mean Mm -hmm.
1: it's now nail, nail on the head you know you said 10 years after 10 years longer and play with the grandkids uh a big big focus of mine and how how i personally train and how i train people whether it's with my remote programs or in person is a big focus on quality of life you know yeah i i want to be able to carry that you know 35 foot ladder and throw it i want to be able to drag the heaviest guy in my department out of a building if i god forbid need to but I also need to be able to do compressions for 20 minutes. And then I need to come home, play with my daughter, see my wife, do yard work, fix the house. And then you got to think, okay, I'm 31 now. Am I still going to be able to not only, you know, when I retire, at some point, I'll have grandkids. I Like you said, I want to be able to play with those grandkids. I want to be able to live until I am, you know, 100, 110. Fuck it. You know, I, I, I've i lived a great life so far and I want to continue to live a great life not having to worry about getting back surgery, knee replacements, hip replacements. valves put into my goddamn heart. So a great way to sell it is say, hey, Joe, you know, I, I understand that you're three or four years away from retirement. Let's make this last three or four years worth it so you can actually enjoy that retirement. You've worked your ass off for the pension you've got young kids still. Let's make them happy. Let's make you happy. So when you retire you can go South Carolina or Georgia or New Hampshire or Tennessee wherever and live a great life not having to worry about getting shit fixed. So that's yeah. it's one of the one of the biggest ways to I guess sell it to someone that is very reluctant on it. Um Unfortunately, there's some things that just have to happen to open guy's eyes, whether it's some, you know, someone in the family dying young, uh, or, you know, God forbid, somebody at work having an event, or a loved one having an event where they go, okay, well, this happened to them, it could definitely happen to me. And, you know, when it comes down to it, you know, I you you can you, you can bring a horse to water, but you can't force it to drink. Type thing. You right. can you can be persistent as hell. You can try to enact policies, even as like a chief or a captain or a lieutenant. You know, say, hey guys, I'm mandating that every shift we do something physical. It doesn't have to be a workout. It could be on gear stuff. We could play volleyball. I don't care. But there's always gonna be a few that are just nope, nope, not doing it. No. And that's straight mentality. Um, it's self destructive and it's it's one of those things that if it's not addressed and fixed and they participate, it has terrible consequences for
0: everybody. Yeah, good good words, man. That's that's a good way to put it. You know, I, I always think about it like um, like what did you what did you choose to do for a living um, you, you said you didn't want to work behind a desk you you want to do something physical, you want to be able to help people, so in order to be able to do those things, you need to be able to help yourself. you need to be able to be a physical person um and and it's like you're going to work with men and women who all have that same mindset at least in the beginning. It's frigging. It's like gladiators, man. It's like Vikings. Like, dude, we should be friggin' crushing shit and everybody working. Like the firehouse should be like people working out all over the place, you know? Like, mm-hmm. th- like that's that would be the coolest thing. Like if it was almost set up like that. I know I'm like romanticizing it or
1: whatever, but no, dude, I that that would be a dream. You know? Yeah, I, I would love I would love to walk into any firehouse or, around the world and see guys throwing maces around and deadlifting, and squatting pulling sleds all that shit it would be drink come true
0: yeah i mean just badass warriors and and you know that's that's what i think it is like after a while guys just feel like yeah it's just a job it's like it's like a construction job you know hey i used to do roofing we would put a ladder to a roof we'd go up and work on a roof now i do that on fire department i put a ladder to except we got to do it faster and it's it's well look it's not as safe (laughs) it's you know it's there's more risk taken but we just we just set our bar in a different place and it's like yeah we're i'm getting off a truck grabbing a ladder or grabbing a hose it's just going to work but i hate looking at it like that i like looking at my job as we're going to battle with uh a, a thing it's you know it's not even a human it's just this vicious hot thing that will destroy everything in its path and we are the thing that's going to stop it that's like that gets me going that gets my juice going and i like to live off of that you know why live your life so uh dialed down i mean you get one lit one life make a movie out of it you know make it wild you know like have a mindset where like I'm not just going to work today. Um, yeah, hey, look, nothing might happen, and that's a great thing. But I'm not going into work for that. I'm going into work for to get into something, and I'm yeah. mentally and physically ready for it. Hundred percent.
1: And it's it's one of those things where you know everyone loves the, the title tactical athlete. Sounds really cool, and it makes us sound like you know we're up at the same level as you know you know Ray Lewis or something, which cool. Yeah, you're a tactical athlete train like it and eat like it because you know i don't i I can't name one professional athlete that i know of that doesn't just walk onto the field says all right let's go it doesn't happen
0: it was babe ruth apparently he ate four (laughs) hot dogs and then he would hit a home run so everybody else started eating hot dogs but (laughs) anomaly right and he drank too i guess but yeah no you're absolutely right i mean if you saw one of your favorite NFL pros on the sideline, banging back some cheese fries or something, and then headed out to go catch the ball, and he and he doesn't catch it or he gets tackled or whatever. You're gonna say, yeah, because he's eating the cheese fries. What is, you know? Yeah. All right, we don't we don't get paid millions like they do, but when you go out, you're moving, man. You're putting your body under stress. Like it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. No,
1: it's it's a um the uh fstar fire service training and research they did a uh you might have seen it the met the met chart and uh the task of doing search and rescue in fire conditions is higher than that of a professional football player and equal that of a uh professional soccer player and it's at about 16 mets give or oh, take okay. you know, if, if if you're in
0: Mets is your, your output.
1: Medical equivalent of a task or met- metabolic equivalent of a task.
0: Metabolic equivalent. So in, in other words, uh, metabolic conditioning, that we hear that word thrown around. So your metabolic conditioning needs to be the same as a soccer player uh, just, just to complete those kind of things uh, without – help me out here. Without uh, failing. Without, without failing. failing, okay. Okay.
1: Uh, yeah, so you think, you know, you're a soccer player, you know, they're sprinting up and down that field the whole game. You know, that's that's a lot of work. But that's also throughout the span of a soccer game. Search and rescue is, right. you know, 10, 15 minutes, maybe max, and right. we're going balls to the wall. We come out, yeah, you're, you're, you put in a lot of freaking work in that short amount of time. Yeah. So, yeah, I think if you're putting in that much work, as somebody else is putting in during a ninety-minute soccer game, you've got to be conditioned and ready for that.
0: Yeah, and you know, and you mentioned it earlier uh, about being able to grab one of your own who goes down inside of a fire, and you know, I'm sure, you guys drill for this stuff all the time. You have to. I mean, you have to be prepared for it. But yeah, you're in the middle of a, a, a your tat your, ta- your tasks at hand: searching, uh, opening up walls, fighting fires. You're you're already getting low on air. Um, your 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 body's starting to overheat. You're starting to fatigue, and then you hear it. Somebody's down. You hear a mayday. You're mm-hmm. nearby. You find the guy. He's he, he he's by a window. Maybe he ran out of air. He was trying to get out the window, and he's passed out. And you know, let's just say he's a big boy. You know, he's already coming in at like 215 220 and then he's got all his gear on. He might be sitting there a three hundred pound lump. And you got three feet of distance from the floor to the windowsill to get this guy out onto some kind of ladder or something. And it's you and a couple other guys that have already burnt through most of your energy and air. And now you got to do that? And you, yeah. can't, you can't even show up at the gym and deadlift maybe 225 off the floor for five reps or something and talk about how deadlifts are bad for your back and all that stuff, and yeah. that's a whole other podcast Bullshit. we could get into. <laughs> but, <laughs> hey, if it's bad for your back under optimal conditions, what's it going to do when you're trying to pick up this passed-out firefighter who yeah. everybody knows picking up a human off the floor is a lot different than picking up a barbell? Mm-hmm. What, what are you doing? You know, yes, yeah. it's like almost like an end of the world thing, but it, they happen, they do happen. Yeah,
1: and it's it's one of those things where actually two things. So, uh, I I wish I wish our biggest guy was two twenty. <laughs> um yeah, I, right. I mean, so we have got a we've got a few guys that are three fifty plus and you know over six feet without. Gear. Yeah. So you know, that's the reason I train as hard as I usually do. Yeah. Oh yeah. You don't need to deadlift that much weight that many times. Yeah, I do. Cause God forbid he goes down. I got to pick up almost 500 pounds of shit and throw it out a window if I have to.
0: Right. Right. So and then get so, your ass out. Yeah. And not, yeah, you not I, I'll more.
1: be, a, yeah, I'll be, a, you'll, you'll have your adrenaline working with you, but you know, who knows what's going to happen. Right. But then you, you mentioned, you know, something that I'd like to hit on is training and gear um a lot of guys you know you see it all, all over social media every day you know guys training in gear doing CrossFit workouts and gear great idea I love it keep it at a minimum my reason being is because unless you have those movements down and down pat whether it's just a simple squat or a lunge you're gonna hurt yourself um you know, a lot of people they don't make they when they're doing lunges even without gear you see their knees dipping their their squat their knees are dipping or coming out or their back is all crooked now if you add gear mm-hmm. you know you're you're training your body it's muscle memory to do that every time you make that movement and you know you'll be going up the stairs out on my Ag alarm and you're gonna blow out a knee because you keep lunging up those stairs simple movement can really screw you up so really make sure
0: that's but one of the point. things that we do like to do,
1: yeah. One of the things we do like to do is, you know, typical fire ground tasks in gear for a workout, whether it's, you know, one we like to do is throwing ladders, dragging dummies down, carrying tools back, bead a tire, and just do that on repeat until you're sucking mask.
0: That's a Task good idea.
1: That, yeah, tasks that you know that you have to do Things that don't require a lot of thinking about movement, but things that are still natural, and you know, develop those skills in the gear, then worry about you know crazy CrossFit workouts in your gear if you really want to do them.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's that's okay once in a while to do like. 70-pound kettlebell swings in gear with your tank on and your helmet. Um, yeah. Just, just like, a, <laughs> like a quick thing to do. But, yeah, if that's like your, base, your basic frame of training, it doesn't make sense because we don't do kettlebell swings with our – we're not doing a hip hinge movement at that level with our tanks on. You know, it's – I mean, that, that stuff like that can hurt you. That's, that's absolutely yeah. true. And then even like um, you, you do notice it when you're wearing your gear – um, just doing basic movements. Uh, your everything that the gear is bunched up. You're not. You're always uh, not allowed to move freely. Um, and if you're wearing your turnout gear, you're most likely going to be wearing your tank, and that weight on your shoulders changes everything. It, yeah, I, I agree with you on that. That's a good point. Yeah. So now you um, have. You mentioned you, oh, you have a website, and you mentioned you ha- you do remote training. So you're doing uh, like do. Zoom or something like that?
1: No, so I, um, I, I make, I, make pro- I say, actually, just did one for a uh, man that's in the process of starting the Oklahoma City uh, Fire Academy. Okay. Um, so he, he messaged me. He said, hey, this is where I'm at. We're going to be starting in October. And I, he just wants to get as prepared as possible. Um, luckily, uh, with my experience training at two fire academies, I, obviously I don't know exactly what OKC is going to be doing, but I know the mentality of it. Um, so he said he wanted to get ready. Um, he's lucky enough to have a good set of equipment at his house already, so I made up a... It was about a ten-page, uh, step-by-step, day-by-day, exercise-by-exercise write-up for him to follow. Uh, Checking every week, see how things are going, um, and if if he needs alternate workouts because he's getting bored with a lot of them, I'll just make one up for him real quick.
0: Yeah, that's that's really good stuff. I you know. Um... If you're a first responder and you're looking for something and there's nobody in your proximity that you could talk to, like these remote types of coaching is excellent. The, the idea here that you're your showing is that you're setting them up with a plan, an exactly. incident action plan, right? And, yep. and, and when you have a strong plan, it is much easier to get yourself going and keep yourself going. Um, a workout program is a plan and, and then, then you're able to contact the individual Ian or whoever you're using, um, to, to fine tune your operation, you know, yeah. of course, you know, people have lives and shit happens. So it's like, Hey, Ian, uh, man, my workout sucked last, sh- last time. And, and then t- today I didn't sleep well, you know, what, what should I do? And instead of having to go through all that, like feeling guilty for laying off or whatever, mm-hmm. you get your coach involved, and your coach says, yeah, you, you need to take a day off. It's okay. It's actually yeah. okay. And yeah, then and you don't perfect. feel bad about it and get depressed. It's it's such a great way to go. I'm, I've i been training for almost 30 years now, and I've always had a coach because coaches are coming at it from a different perspective. You are always in your own head, and you are always yeah. setting your own trips up. and we're good at doing that shit. When you have somebody from the outside looking in, they're like, "You know what? Do this. You'll be all right."
1: Okay, yeah. I'm good. And that's that's one of the benefits. I I think that my remote programs, you know, I mean any remote program, whoever makes it, offers because you're paying. So and so is paying money for this program. You know, and obviously, if they reached out, they're motivated because they want to be better and do better. Right but that self-motivation has to continue because you're not going to have a coach there to guide you screaming at you all the way. But at the same time, you need to have the get up and go to really get ready for whatever goal it is you have.
0: Right. Yeah, definitely. All right. Now we uh, got about five minutes. So I want to just take a quick look at your website here. Um, Let's see what we got here. All right, so here's the website, ThinLine Fitness. Sorry if everybody listening on audio, you're not, you're not seeing it. <laughs> but all right, here's like a cool little uh, motivation video. Let's see what you got here. Hopefully, I got the sound on. You hear that? Yep. All right. It's a heartbeat. We were talking about the heart. It's important. So yeah, look at this. You got a bunch of people working out in different firehouses, push-ups. Look at you know, look at all the weight stacks you got. Oh, this is great. Look, guys doing sprints. That's like back in you know, when you were your little kid in school doing the shuttle run. I mean, that's the stuff. You know, you wouldn't want a plumber training you to be a chef. So why use anyone but a firefighter to train a firefighter? Nice man.
1: You know, that's yeah, yeah. Uh, I've I've been I've been lucky enough to uh, to train around quite a few fire departments in, in in my area um word has gotten out that you know it is beneficial to have somebody come in that knows what they're doing to train functionality and when when functional fitness gets brought up you know everyone thinks about oh you know dragging sandbags and carrying hose and everything else yeah it it doesn't always have to be that right uh, i i just want to make sure you're, you're functional at your job when the time comes for me to ask you to do your thing
0: yeah yeah so yeah
1: that includes cardio that includes basic a lot a lot of stretching uh my first time i'm usually with a department or a group of people at an agency is you know we focus on stretching and mobility rather than you know throwing sandbags around
0: yeah And, and and uh right before yeah i know we got a couple minutes left but uh we didn't even really talk about the mace much i know you do use a mace um what do you think about it
1: dude um it's probably one of the best tools of a firefighter anyone who wants to really be on top of their game could use
0: isn't it it's Um, unbelievable
1: yeah it's uh when it comes to mobility is and just stretching out the muscles in a different way right it's it's incredible but other the the other day i did a bunch of the uh the 12 pound uh mall swings yeah and I'm I'm still sore from it, you know, yeah. It, in, in areas that I haven't been sore in for a while, just because I did so many of them with a, a moderate weight, it's incredible.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, I, I I you mentioned stretching. I'm not a fan of stretching. I just one of those guys where I'll start stretching with every intention to do like a good stretch, and then I always cut it short and get to my workout. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, when I use a mace like a ten pound mace, and I and I do some movements with it. Uh, I kind of like kill two birds at one stone. I feel like I'm getting a, a decent stretch. Yeah. I'm activating my muscles. I, you know, if it's leg day, I'll pay attention to, you know, more with my legs. If it's back day, I'll pay attention to how I'm, I'm moving mace with with my back, uh, warm up my shoulders with it. You know, it's a, your whole body gets warmed up and you get a little stretch. Yeah. I think that's the best part about it. And then, you know, we were talking about how some of the firemen on the job are uh, basically apathetic and they don't want to get going, you know, and I'm not saying that in a negative way. I know they're stuck and they mm-hmm. want to do something. I think the mace is a good way to say, Hey, look, you can train with this. It's not going to destroy you. It's, you know, it's, it's something new. It's a skill you could develop yeah. and that might set that light bulb off. And it's
1: something different too. It's, it's not, it's not a dumbbell. It's, it's its own thing. Yeah. It's like, Oh, all I got to do is swing this around. Okay. And, right. You know, they'll, they, they might regret it they might not but it's it's something different that can you know get the gears turning for them
0: absolutely but as
1: as firefighters it's you know we're, we're always always moving in odd ways whether it's our upper body our lower body or our whole body and yeah. we have to we have to control those muscles what's a better way than to have a freaking pendulum you know that you need to control your entire body strengthen your core work on your core stability
0: oh yeah and
1: It's 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 other than a few other exercises, it's probably one of the you know it it's probably top tier on how you can work on
0: everything you need as a responder. Yeah, I love it, man. I I, I love that you you're you're using that. So, uh, tell everybody how to get in touch with you and you know your social media info.
1: Yeah. So um, like you touched on, uh, the website is thinlinefit.com. Uh, you'll find everything on there that you need whether it's just simple workout tips and tricks, or if you want to contact me to make a program for you, or if you need help guiding uh, your agency in making a program for your entire fire department. Um, you can contact me on my social medias, uh, Instagram and Facebook are ThinLine Fitness, uh, nice eagle and American flag logo, easy to find, and I'm on YouTube as well. Inline fitness, um, continuing to work on that and put some videos up there.
0: Yeah, yeah, get up more videos on the YouTube, man. It's good. <laughs> All right, Ian, thank you very much for coming on to the podcast and sharing everything you got. I could tell that you could probably have this kind of discussion at great length so (laughs) anytime you want to come back on the podcast and talk about this stuff you're more than welcome hit me up we'll get you right on and beautiful um, this is benefits me just as much as anybody else i'm always forever a student and um you know my years on the fire department i've just learned to be humble and accept you know be open-minded to things and and um this is important stuff and i'm so glad that you were able to come on and make it part of the steel Nation podcast because you know it's the same message coming from me it's same message coming from all the other firefighter and first responder fitness enthusiasts and coaches out there they're all saying the same thing come on guys let's go let's get fit let's take care of ourselves let's you know add longevity to our lives yeah so thank you i really appreciate it man yeah no problem Uh, it was it was an awesome talk So everybody, thank you for uh, checking this podcast out. Check out Ian over at Thin Line Fitness, and uh, we'll see you at the next podcast.